How can we better equip ourselves to take on the new day, our goals, and the world? How do we stoke our inspiration? By dropping in, we'll hear from credible experts on ways to thrive in this environment. As persons trying to cope, as workers learning to pivot in our careers, and as those curious about life, wellness, family, healing, and humor, we'll learn by sharing stories. Like the watering hole, dropping in is a communal place. People who've had the courage to tell their stories offer the nuggets they've gathered along the way. They bring us the spark to confront what matters. Everybody everywhere is on a hero's journey of trying to survive and do well. Stories from these diverse sources pave the way, even if the paths are new or unknown. Drop in with us to discover the roots and where we go from here. And now, here's our host, Diane Dewey. Welcome to Dropping In, everyone. We're here today with the amazing Debbie Brown. And I feel a wave going through the audience already. We know we'll be opening our hearts and minds and spirits to Devi, who is Chief Impact Officer at Chopra Global, a passionate advocate for women of color in wellness, Master of Wellbeing Educator, who blends the tenets of primordial sound meditation, spiritual psychology, energy healing, ritual, and deep intuitive understanding in her work. Devi is devoted to spiritual connection meant to aid in the healing of generational trauma with a presence that is rooted in sharing tangible healing modalities in support of radical self-acceptance. Welcome, Devi. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Diane. What a joy to be here. It's lovely to have you. And I I think we just said a mouthful because when I think about (laughs) tangible, right, right. I mean, you know, I do, I do, I like have this excitement that, you know, you're being with us because you have so many facets and that's not just to make a play on words for your interest in crystals. Um, But when you say (laughs) tangible healing modalities, right, that's, that's, that's crystals, right? That's, that's, you're um, tapping into this um, very ancient wisdom about the energy that crystals project and present to us. Tell us a little bit how that works. Yeah, so when I think of tangible healing modalities, like for me, my work is definitely crystals as an accompaniment, but also all the other mechanisms, you know, like the the shadow work, some of the ritual, like really leaning into different like pranayamic breathing exercises, meditation, um, connecting with self really through all of the abundance um, that we have here on earth that we just didn't know we could utilize for our highest good. But crystals are definitely a big passion of mine. I love them. I built a business with them. Um, and, you know, crystals, for those that are not fully, you know, too in tune with crystals, you you really utilize um, their ancient wisdom and their energetic frequencies to aid you in your ascension or aid you in your personal discovery. So there's so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of crystals. Typically in the crystal industry, you you know, there's around... I would say 150 that that people tend to work with more than others. And then you would like kind of whittle that down to another 25 that are the most easily found around us. Um, And you can utilize them in so many ways. Um, Expert level would be kind of building out some crystal grids with them. Uh, But beginner level through intermediate is really just having them with you, you know, connecting to the crystals that you feel drawn to, meditating with them. I love to keep crystals absolutely everywhere. And in every part of my house, I have a different assortment of crystals to invoke whatever energy I'm looking to experience in those particular rooms. Um, And I love, love, love doing Reiki with crystals, meditating with crystals. I keep a bunch on my bedstand. I have some on my altar. Um, So I I really enjoy the beautiful, um, subtle frequencies that they bring that are that just work as a great accompaniment to other work that you're doing. And your book is called Crystal Bliss. I read it and I it was, I, I loved it because I was surprised to find something that was so rooted uh, in reality. It's very um, complete in terms of the history of crystals, why this works. I mean, we think, you know, I think it's very interesting how we get off the skids in terms of crystals and being woo-woo, but never hesitate to think that a diamond could be lucky. 
You know, we never, yeah. in terms of, I mean, it's like you have your birthstone, right? You have, you have your favorite gemstone and you, and you know, you're drawn to it and you put it on for protection or you put it on for luck. And yet, you know, there's still this idea that, you know, crystals, it's woo-woo. Well, crystals we've been living with forever, people. It's called jewelry, you know? Oh my um, gosh, yeah. I mean, it's so funny. I mean, I remember going to the Tower of London and looking at the history of some of those stones. Um, some of them have quite interesting mythic properties and bring luck only yeah. to only to men, uh, only to women. They can't be worn in a certain way. And, and all of that was very traditional knowledge. And now it's as though mm. it's coming back, right? Because we need things to, you know, just to have a crystal with you. It, it's just, it's comforting. Um, it can be a talisman, yeah. but it's, it's also just something that we can actually do in the COVID age that, you know, brings something to us. Um, I'm extremely Absolutely. interested in your Right. I mean, I think, you know, all of your mediums, I would say, you know, there's, there's so many interesting ones. And I've listened to your guided meditations. They're really fantastic. Um, I also love oh, the music. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're wonderful. Your podcasts are great. Um, but I particularly like the guided meditations, because, you know, some of us, it's like exercise of any sort, we don't do it unless there's someone there teaching us. So, um, you know, that's a, a brilliant, um, a brilliant aspect of what you do. I, I wondered, you know, you, you write that um, you've observed your own spiritual practices and elevated consciousness, the way it enhanced your daily life. And then you chose to share mm. it. Um, I, I think this is really interesting because some, some persons might say, I just feel really good. I feel really like I'm in a good place with myself what led you to expand this into the world to share all of your practices and your consciousness gosh what a what a gorgeous reflection from you and and such beautiful questions and I especially resonate with what you said a moment ago of that was such a brilliant reframing for crystals how how everyone you know a diamond is lucky and it's like well yeah I mean they all are, but capitalism and society led us to certain things that we think, oh, that's okay if we talk about that, but not this. Um, so that's always such an interesting dynamic, you know, what we accept and what we um, reject. But, you know, when I, when I think of my path, and I think really of so many of us, you know, when you're given awakening, when you are given different experiences that you've transcended, the blessings and the healings aren't to be hoarded, right? Like, it's not like, oh, we are so special that we were given this, you know, access to the divine. And so let's just keep it with us. It's, we all have it within us, but depending on whatever our spiritual curriculum is, it's not always within reach or it doesn't seem within reach. So for the people that are blessed and gifted with an awakening or with access to states of higher consciousness within themselves, it has to be shared because that's the entire point of why we got it, you know? And I think it's, you know, even if we think in terms of like the hero's journey, um, mm -hmm. the cycle isn't completed until you return and share, you know, we have to complete our circles. And if we don't complete our circles by choosing to utilize in whatever way makes sense for us, um, being of service to others, well, then our karma is incomplete. And so we'll find ourselves repeating patterns until we decide to serve and until we decide to share. I, I just think that's very beautiful. And the hero's journey is one that I feel we all sense that we're on right now because so much is being asked of us. Uh, in terms of coping with, um, well, there's the pandemic, but, you know, I also think, you know, you, you have, obviously, as an advocate for women of color and wellness, you, you tap into um, the state of Black Lives Matter in your podcast as well. And I am really riveted by the question of intergenerational trauma for women mm. of color 
Especially because, and this is, you know, Debbie, I, you know, I come to these talks prepared, but really there's, there's, it's sort of like a burning question, um, not just for me, I think for all of us, and we are connected to one another um, in our concern for it, is how can we start to heal intergenerational trauma if it's still occurring? I mean, when has it still occurring? Um, You know, you're reaching out and and connecting on this deeper level. And then there's another intrusion of it. There's another episode. There's another infraction. How, How does that work? It's almost like there's nothing. It's like the myth of Sisyphus. You're pushing a stone up a hill and you come down again and you go up again. And how is it working for you in your... Mm. Wow, thank thank you for that. Um, The way that I've begun kind of looking at it is, and I think that this also applies to like this moment in time in general where all of us have so much, um, (laughs) so much crisis fatigue, right? Like there's every day, every day, it's something else that seems like the worst thing ever. Um, The way that I was able to, in the last few years, garner a little bit of um, more peace and a little more release of some deep frustration with our system is making peace with the fact that things don't have to be perfect in my lifetime, but I can inch things forward because that's all most of us are really called to do. We're not going to change and fix everything, um, just like no generation before us could do, but there is grace and beauty in forward motion. And I think that is, that something, things are so far from perfect, like so far. There's so much immense pain, so much constant um, infractions, you know, and, and the systems that are in place, what you spoke to, what you described is, what the experience of complex post-traumatic stress disorder is to be non-white, specifically speaking with my experience of being non-white in America. It's, yeah, you can be on your spiritual journey. You can have a certain, you know, range of understanding around your spiritual curriculum that we each come to this earth with. But then on top of that, you are given these systems of oppression that in every single moment try to revalidate how unworthy you are in every single moment um, with tragic consequence and a domino effect that affects generations and generations to come. And I think that for me, it's really about how can we become as self-aware as possible in this moment so at the bare minimum, we can reprogram and retrain how our children feel about our, about themselves and how they experience themselves in the world. And then we have to speak out in real time as things are happening. And, you know, I think specifically, I've, you know, I've talked quite a bit about this in the last several months. And one of the things, especially when I'm speaking to groups of light workers or people that are already really connected to this work or these paths, um, it's important for everyone to notice when there is like spiritual narcissism happening, when there's spiritual bypass happening. You know, I've heard so many people counter certain uh, certain conversations by saying, yes, but you know, everyone chose their path. And so we all came here and we chose it. Yes, that's fine. But we also chose the human experience and we chose the human condition. And part of that means utilizing our gifts in service to others, especially others that are marginalized or that are being oppressed. And so that kind of speaks back to that first um, beautiful question that you shared when we started talking. It's, are you completing your circle or are you hoarding your light? Are you hoarding the light for yourself? Are you hoarding the um, awakening for yourself? Are you hoarding the mastery for yourself? Are you sharing it and being of service to other people? And I think for a lot of people in healing communities, if you are not of color, it's, well, you just don't really know because you've been surrounded by your own, you know, Um, and you've also been surrounded and and usually off with only like-minded high vibe people, which doesn't really allow for you to fully express in an expansive way, um, the truth of your heart and your empathy. And so I think it's so important because what I'm gathering and speaking to you is um, my expectation is very much that your audience is beautifully enlightened. Um, You know, it's just so important to reframe that. It's like, 
especially if you're a teacher of this work, it's identifying what are other people's barriers to healing and how can I help serve? How can I share this light, not just with people that look like me, in service to humanity's ascension as a whole and the raising of our collective consciousness? And I think, um, you know, much to the point that you made it, yeah, it does sometimes seem so overwhelming and so impossible. But then I also look at other moments where we're noticing these rapid ascensions in our collective consciousness. When we think of even the Me Too movement and the gains we have been able to make as women and the things that we've been able to say out loud that no other period in time has it ever been this full or this like layered and complex, you know, and that's just in the last couple of years. And so all of those things are possible for oppression in every sense of where it's seen, but we have to stay on top of it, even when it doesn't seem like it applies to us. And we have to stay on top of it, even when we can't relate to it. Mm-hmm. I think for um, for those of us who enjoy some sort of privilege in the society, hoarding can just seem like second nature. I mean, we're so accustomed to yeah. not mm. having, you know, you know and and then it gets too painful because then when George Floyd cries mama that's universal that goes yeah. beyond any frame of reference that is primal mm. so i also think there are moments yeah. you know unfortunately the circumstances but a moment of extreme beauty which is completely riveting it's like wait a minute mm. i am involved i am implicated And it's really interesting, the wake-up calls. When we come back, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to come back and speak with Debbie Brown, obviously a masterful thinker. And we're going to understand your journey, Debbie, from the music industry into primordial sound meditation, as well as a listening ear to these causes. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Debbie Brown, and as usual, Debbie is on fire. She is giving us the sense of connectivity that we need to have and actually crave so desperately in times like this where we not only feel isolated from COVID, but can feel isolated because of our various positions in life, which it turns out are totally irrelevant because we are universally connected. And I love, Debbie, that, you know, in your practices, part of it is seems to me to be the more we drop into ourselves, the more we go inward and, you know, really um, develop our own consciousness, the more we find out we are connected. That's kind of the irony, right? It's, it's, it's something you think, oh, I'm really selfish if I spend this time meditating. No, actually, <laughs> that puts you vibrationally in touch with all people on the world. Or, you know, this is how oh. it feels to me, right? Yes. <laughs> it's totally. Yeah, totally. 
I mean, when you when you are in a meditative state, I mean, it's impossible to feel isolated, right? It's impossible to feel. Yeah. You know, you then belong to the universe. You belong to the world. You belong to all sentient beings. You belong to the stones, the trees, the sky, the four directions. I mean, it's it's really fascinating to me that this practice. Um, I, I think it really does do work at an invisible level. Like we can't knock on our neighbor's door right now. Okay. But in some ways we've knocked on our neighbor's door intangibly and it's, it's really kind of far out. It's really kind of great um, through this kind of work. I, I, before the break um, you were talking, which I loved, you know, we can start the task of, you know, contributing to the collective consciousness. We may not finish it in our lifetime. We may be inching forward. Um, Some days it feels like we're lurching, (laughs) lurching forward and backward. (laughs) I mean, because one day we wake up and Kamala Harris is the vice presidential candidate. You know, Uh, the next day we can wake up and William Barr has said, oh, there might've been 12 um, you know, 12 African-Americans killed last year in black life. That's, that's carrying on about such a small thing. 267 lives. That's probably underreported. So, you know, at the top of the very top of our government, people are deceiving us, d- disseminating deceptive information. Um, and so the concept of feeling, you know, confident and full in this kind of environment becomes incredibly challenging. Um, Do you find that people, you know, that this is a a kind of crisis that people are turning toward you more and more uh, and seeking um, ways and modalities to, to not just heal, but to just manage day to day? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, And as we've all learned, especially anybody that has done, you know, some of the light and shadow work on themselves, it's like you start recognizing um, the patterns until you can't stand to repeat it anymore. And then that's when the switch flips and you typically have your awakening or you begin to care for yourself in a different and deeper kind of way. And I think, you know, obviously there, there is so much challenge right now. And depending on where you are and who you are and what your life experience has been thus far, um, the, the degrees on the spectrum of how impacted you are by this moment in time, you know, can, can really be severe. But I think the gift of this moment of time for those that are ready is it's been such a gorgeous opportunity to heal and to grow and to transcend and to experience yourself in a way that you have never been able to probably since infancy, you know, like this has been a real moment to be with ourselves. And I remember at the start of the pandemic, this question that spirit sent me that immediately planted in my mind was who am I being called to become right now? And I didn't know what that meant, you know, um, doing this work. It's like you shed so often. So I've, I've been so many versions of myself in the last 10 years, but I very clearly understood that what I was uncovering in me in this moment of time and transition was by far something I had never embodied before. And so, you know, personally, I just started looking at myself and my experiences and now some of the deeper, darker shadow work that I was doing on me and and my traumas in my past. I started looking at it with joyful curiosity and that shifted everything and accelerated everything. So, you know, I'm even noticing that in such a deep way myself. And I've been someone that has really loved doing this work for a while. And so I'm noticing that in, and especially the people that maybe this time last year thought even meditation was maybe witchcraft, right? Or like thought some of this stuff was so far out there, so unapproachable, um, just a mountain they didn't want to climb. And then life kind of brings you to your knees in a new way and you realize that you need to take on new tools. So to answer that question, yes, like I, I'm seeing everywhere I look, no matter no matter how much access you have to your heart space or don't in this time, everyone is seeking more 
there is a seeking happening for everyone, um, but the spectrum is kind of wide. But I'm seeing more people come into a space of um, self-acceptance than ever before, or at the very least, being open to looking at themselves with truthful eyes than ever before. And and also this this joyful curiosity, which I love. It's also something I think that also recalls us, even though we may be expanding beyond anything we ever thought, like uh, the more elastic rubber band than we ever thought, it still also feels sometimes like a childhood openness, like who I was when I was seven or 10 before I got the encumbrance of identities, of taking on roles. I almost feel... Rest and launching, rocketing forward at the same time because I, I do, I, you know, there's an enormous freedom right now. First of all, we can't go out and be who we were socially or sometimes even professionally, sadly. But you know, there's a way in which um, everything else didn't work. So we we kind of need to, and we've now got ourselves in our own Mishagas, not just personally, but collectively. So you kind of go back and when you're asking yourself, who am I called to be? You know, certainly the beautiful question, the kind of question that's so painful, you almost want to avoid it. Um, sometimes I feel like that question resonates with who was I before all this started, you, you know, I mean, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a primal part of us that we're also being asked to connect to. And um, it's, it's this, your message on your website, Seek the Path That Demands Your Whole Being, um, which is a quote from Rumi. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's, we're, it's, we're, we're asked even more every day. Seems like we can't take much more, but it turns out that the only way to stand up to this is to deliver more because so much is coming mm. right i mean because it's you know in order yeah. to come, it, it just you know we have to um and i think that that's also means that you have to take out all of these tools that you talk about and that you offer um you know that they all become instantly relevant you know, as you say, even if you you thought meditating was something that you did before, um, that you did while you were asleep or something, you know, it's people, it's like awake, the awakening. Um, and I, I did, I did find it interesting that, you know, you'd come from a music industry background, you were producer, you were, you know, a, you were a real, uh, you know, like in the real world personality, working with all kinds of um, hip hop stars and you know, everybody that we can think of. Um, and you, I think you had your, your own moment of reckoning, right? There was some tipping point where, you know, you said, yeah. I, you know, I have to transform. I have to, you, you needed to transmute yourself. How, how, did, how was that? And how did that happen for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting because as you kind of spoke to, it's like we're pushing ourselves farther than we've ever gone, and and that also means we're excavating deeper than we've ever been. And so, you know, when I think of the way that I used to share my story, it very much started more so at, hey, I was you know a young um, executive in talent in the music business and in entertainment. Then this happened, and you know, down the road it led me here. But now I'm excavating so much deeper and, and I'm realizing how, and this is what we all, all know, but how much of this already was in me. I was, I've been awake since I was born. You know, there was always that deeper longing. There was always that desire to um, more deeply understand the ways of the world and the things that were happening. I've always been led by an internal curiosity and you know, I think a lot of who I am, it's like as as much as I would love to take credit for it, it's it's really a lot of like past life merit and karmic tools that were forged in my character over lifetimes and most definitely spirit just guiding me and downloading into me. But you know, I had started when I was when I was a kid, I always thought I wanted to be two things. I either wanted to be um work in the field of psychology in some way, whether as a social worker or a child psychologist, 
or I wanted to work in broadcasting as a news anchor, as a radio personality. And I found myself first leaning towards uh, broadcasting, but eventually I am all of those things at once, you know. Um, but yeah, so I, I started my career in entertainment. I started really young. I worked in radio and TV. I worked primarily in hip hop. I worked for radio stations all over the country. Um, I briefly did a show for MTV. I did, I used to host red carpet, the Grammys, do a bunch of uh, different things in that. And what I was noticing was that it was really fun. Um, but it was also a masterful tool at self-avoidance and distraction from myself. And so as years passed, I spent many years in that industry. As years passed, I, I was like, okay, society, capitalism taught me that success equals X, Y, and Z. Well, I've been checking all of those things off of my list. Why don't I feel what I was always told I was, would feel? Why don't I feel complete? Why don't I feel like this is enough? Why do I have a longing and a restlessness? Um, and so I, I actually, my big wake-up call came when I was in my mid-20s, and I found myself with shingles, um, which those who are not familiar, it is a virus that you get from the chickenpox virus that lives dormant in your body. All of us have it. But if it comes out, it typically doesn't come out until probably 70s or 80s. Um, and it's incredibly painful, incredibly painful, affects your nerves, um, awful. And I found myself with that in my mid-20s, and my doctor said, this is 100% stress-related. And I'm like, this can't be it. This is not what I want for myself. Um, and so that, oops, my earphones fell out, excuse me, that mixed with um, so many other synchronistic illuminations about areas that needed my attention and needed to change led me to my very first retreat, which led me to learn meditation. and. Once I did that, the trajectory of my life was forever shifted and nothing felt as important as it used to be, specifically working in entertainment. You know, I just started to feel so oppressed by it. Like this idea that I had to be in constant judgment of people, that I constantly had to be coming up with opinions and sharing them with the world. And, you know, it just felt like, who am I? Who am I to be in judgment of everyone? And, and I felt very clearly that having a platform is also such a profoundly sacred responsibility. So this idea that I'd be pushing things to my listeners and my viewers that did not feel aligned with what I knew to matter and what I knew to be important to one's spirit and one's journey and path, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and so I slowly started moving farther and farther away from that until I got to a place where I knew that what I wanted to do full time was help people heal and seek a path of being in constant service and in constant education of myself and sharing with others. It really feels as though you came into your own power and that that power was less externalized. It almost was like a kind of a channeling power that you, mm. um, like a conduit kind of power and that you didn't have to keep framing it, as you say, you know, in opinion or criticism or judgment um, in a world that, you know, kind of expected that of you. And I also feel as though you came into your own voice. Um, you, you were not saying what was expected anymore. You were really fully integrating yourself as a person, what you were learning. And ironically, I mean, I think like shingles, you know, they, they kind of come off. I think of something flaking off almost. Um, I know it's tremendously painful, but, you know, it is a, it is a signal. Um, I can't exist in this body, you know, anymore like this. Um, and I think you, you, you stop turning over the power. It seems to me, Debbie, that you, you actually assumed um, something that is a power, kind of a very, um, you know, not the kind of power that we're talking about in, in an assertive way, but, you know, this kind of, yeah, healing conduit kind of power, which is much more difficult to access. But once you have it, there's no letting go. There's no turning back. Um, I just, I just hear it in your voice. Uh, I think that that that's so you know wonderful. We're the beneficiaries of it, and I'm so glad that you have this different platform uh, thank, now. Thank you for these words. 
that that was such a um, gorgeous observation of myself to hear you share. Thank you for that. Oh, well, this is something I'm very privileged, I feel, to witness in you. We are going to cut to a commercial break quickly, but we are going to come back to um, talking about when you were given a pouch of stones at around age 10 um, and and the declarations that we make of ourselves um, before we're dominated by other people's expectations. So Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In with Debbie Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion, representing New York Times bestsellers, national award-winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit booksforward.com or send us an email at info at booksforward.com. A JKS Communications Company. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. And welcome back, everyone. We're here with Debbie Brown, and she's talking about her spiritual journey, which I think resonates in so many ways with the journeys that we're all taking. It makes me want to um, go and be with Debbie and and do the kinds of things that we used to do in what you call, Debbie, the spiritual curriculum, studying, meditating together. We can't do that now, Uh, but but you're connecting through technology. I wonder how that is for you as you're guiding people, as you're helping people to heal themselves from within to cope with what's happening without, you know, externally. How is it to do that um, through technology? How has it been for you? I have found it to be actually so beautiful, so beautiful and equally as powerful, sometimes even more powerful um, in certain moments because, you know, some, some, some of the events that I do and some of the sharings that I do Virtually now, everything, everything is on Zoom. Um, I'm finding that the resonance it has with people might be even a little bit deeper because they're ex- they're so fully experiencing themselves in this moment as they do it. So, whereas, for instance, if we were doing an in-person event versus a Zoom, you might be rushing to the event or rushing from the event or your day is packaged with so many other things. But now it's like that is the work of your day or that is the work of your life. And you're able to sit in it a little bit deeper. I've also recently just like on my my energy work, I've done like an energy upgrade. And I found that some of this new energy that's being shared with the world is even more powerful. Like I don't I don't offer um I don't offer my my energy healing professionally, just uh, mostly because I I have so much on my plate, but I do love doing it for friends and family and for myself. And I've noticed that even over Zoom, I'm having more powerful experiences with energy than I've had in person. So I think, you know, um, our systems are changing right now for how we heal, for how we're connected. But I also think that the universe is showing up for us with very supercharged and amplified abilities to still share our work um, in what I've experienced to be an even more powerful way. I think it's so exciting. And it really, it's almost like the bandwidth um, expands with that because, you know, also what we're listening to most of the time is our voices. And, you know, if we were sitting in a classroom together, you know, we'd be focusing on what, 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 kind, what kind of, you know, a, 
yoga clothes do I have on? Or, you know, uh, is my hair right. a mess? Or, you know, like, and, you know, a lot of this has fallen by the wayside in favor of the way communications used to happen, even going back to around the campfire, um, you know, our ancestors, it's by voice, it's by storytelling, it's by sharing verbally and hearing that it almost allows us a more private space to mm. absorb, you know, right? And go into our own cone of, of, of our inner experience rather than, you know, right, thinking about where did I park the car? How long is it going to take me to get home? What do I have to do next? I mean, really, it seems much more... Um, encompassing in terms of being able to really delve, really become uh, embraced by the, by the experience. And I think, you know, for me to be here on the East Coast, tuning into you and your uh, guided meditation, sometimes with friends that also, you know, works very beautifully, your interaction with some of your guided meditations, you have guests on, um, on Debbie Brown. Um, and also, um, we should mention Dropping Gems with Debbie Brown is a show dedicated to demystifying personal growth through Debbie's observations and conscious conversations with familiar faces. Um, it's it's really, I love the interaction. I love the um, the dialogue that you establish with people around these subjects. There's no small talk, right? You go right into the, you go right into the center of things. And wow, what a community of like-minded travelers you've created. Um, congratulations. Mm. It's, it's really it's something that I just, um, I feel it rippling out. I feel it really rippling out. I wondered also if your experience is what I suspect, and I'm just not sure, when you're talking about um, developing personal power through wellness for women of color, leading groups and, and forming communities, even virtually and especially virtually, do you think it translates into a sense of wherewithal uh, and substantiation that translates into having somehow even more political power, more stand-upness, more ability to voice yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, when we when we learn how to activate ourselves and how to understand that we are and have always been worthy, it changes the dynamic of how we show up in the world, and it also changes our ability to advocate for ourselves. So, so many people that are marginalized, um, you know, they're not marginalized because they like being there. You just don't have the tools to really know sometimes that you're, that you're actually really worth something, especially when for hundreds of years, the inception of this country, um, you have so constantly been taught, shown, and lived otherwise. And so when we reclaim our personal power, when we regain that sovereignty of our being, we, when we are liberated, the way that we're able to take up space um, the knowingness of what we deserve and what we are entitled to, what are our basic human rights, the ability to vocalize that, um, the ability to manifest for our highest good, all of those things shift. All of that comes to the surface in a way that had never been possible before. So, you know, the, the root of, especially the work that I do, um, the work that I, I like to think that I do at least, is it's about that personal activation. It is about self-discovery and self-awareness because without it, we can't get to any other higher realms of consciousness. You know, we have to establish worth as our baseline to be able to show up as the fullness of who we actually are in the world. Right. And people coming into their own, I mean, to be engaged in this work, you must be just so, you know, turned on and thrilled by by doing this. I also um, believe that, you know, it's one thing to come into our own selves and feel confidence and feel gathering of momentum about it. But there's the sense of lack of confidence in the system, a system that has perennially and chronically failed us. But 
I think what you're mm-hmm. saying, which is to me the exciting dynamic, is well, once the person starts taking back their own power, um, you know, once there is actually power to the people again, um, that makes that lessens, right, the potential impact that all these systemic infractions might have if people keep gathering themselves even in the face of it and keep moving forward. It's it's really to me that's that just feels so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, as as each of us rises, we take even the people that do not wish to rise with us, right? You know, as as each one of us activates, we add that ether into our our human system, you know, of being on this planet and we are helping to elevate consciousness and at a certain point, at least this is my deepest dream vision, um, at a certain point, it's like even those that do not wish to be awake and aware, which are the people that live with deep hate in their hearts, um, and which are the oppressors. It's the nation of the unhealed, you know, that, that lives that way. It, they can't help but for their vibration to be raised too. So as each one of us becomes awake and aware and, and begins to deeply love and accept themselves, the vibration that that shares with the earth in an effortless way that actually doesn't require our presence um, allows for some of that dissolving to happen supernaturally, I believe, even in the people that are so rigidly against on top of everything that you beautifully shared. It's kind of like this, this gorgeous marriage of um, multiple things being able to be true in, in service um, to the highest good of us all. For the highest good of us all, I, I I love this this gorgeous marriage. I I also think that somehow you've always had the big picture in mind and um, have sought to find the connections, the the threads, the invisible threads, the invisible mesh that you know that meshes us and connects us, and and that there is a way in which even when you say our presence is even not necessary to to bring others along. I mean, it's fascinating to me. The the concept of trauma and and being traumatized, you know, it's traditionally fight, flight. There's the female response, which is, you know, fight, there's fight, flight, or freeze. And then there's the more intuitive um, right brain side, not necessarily exclusive to being a woman, but which is to connect. And I feel as though we've, we've gotten paralyzed by the, the traumas that, that are going on. And I feel like well, we've kind of pushed ourselves out of ourselves to connect. Mm. But be, yeah, but before that's possible, I think there's something, it's almost like a nobility in hiding or in waiting because until you get the signals that it's safe, that there's somebody like Debbie Brown, that there's someone out there who cares for you, who cares for your journey, who is who is actually providing a kind of a net I think it's harder and I think it's important that, you know, not only, you know, the, the, that your, that your power is a supportive power that you encourage people to come out of their hiding um, because you've done it. You've lived to tell the story um, and, and you're actually thriving. Uh, What are the aspects of your, your business? Um, Are you, are you doing dropping gems? Wait, how about the, let's go back to the crystals. Are you still in the crystal end of things because I you used to be able to order them online and I wondered can we still do that can we have our starter kits what's happening with that yeah absolutely so I I'm kind of in full bloom right now there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of new arms um to my being so definitely um my my business where you can buy crystals and do rituals and also join my community where we do um many different things we do a lot of self-mastery challenges and hold space for one another you can go to karma bliss.com and you can definitely still order to your heart's desire anything that um resonates and our community is called karma gang on there and then I'm also the chief impact officer for Chopra Global, which is Deepak Chopra's company. And so we are really committed to simplifying self-care in the deepest way possible uh, in service to the elevation of higher consciousness. And so we just released an app in the last um, two weeks. It's 
the Chopra app um, in the app store. And on there, I actually lead daily guided meditation. So there are brand new every day, seven days a week meditations from me on that app. Um, and then my podcast, Dropping Gems, we are on a hiatus right now, um, but there are so many episodes that people can check out, but we will be back with brand new episodes this November. Wow, that is a lot. You must have a really strong source coming through you, Debbie, because that's a lot of energy right there. Perfectly said. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Um, yes, okay, that has and to be it, truly. <laughs> truly. I mean, it, you, you're connected to it. You, we want what you're having. Um, okay, there is um, just a couple minutes left uh, to our conversation. I love being with the multifaceted dynamic and conscious Consciously Connected, Debbie Brown. You can find her on Facebook at Debbie Brown, Twitter, Debbie Brown, and Instagram. The website is Debbie Brown, and as you just said, Karma Bliss. Uh, and there's a podcast at DebbieBrown.com and, and the podcast. I, I'm hopeful that, you mentioned me too, I'm hopeful that there's an evolution in the hip-hop movement that recognizes the power of women and the, as you say, sovereignty of women. Do you sense an improvement there? And then we'll unfortunately have to close. What What are your thoughts there? Uh, you know, I think <laughs> I would I would love to see more. You know, I would love to see more. The tough thing I think about a lot of popular music in general is popular music is primarily um, dictated by youth. And most often when you're young, you just haven't had those realizations and those awakenings yet. Right. So I think okay. I think it's more of an age thing than anything across like multiple genres. It, right. You just don't have the depth or the access to the emotional language. Sometimes some people do, but okay. as a whole, you know, you just, you need more okay. life experience. Um, and when right. you have that, it's able to be shared in your work. Yeah. So, Debbie, but before we go, I know we just have a moment. I want to say well, thank actually, you have less so than, much, Diane, oh, for well, you, I feel blessed that you were here. Thank you so much, Debbie Brown. And I thank you so to our blessed. listeners. You are fantastic. Let's go on our evolutionary path together. And thank you so much for dropping in. Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then. 